choosing joy. Kind of do a reality check, ask you, how was your week? Uh, you know, we're talking about joy, and you'd say, being honest, it wasn't full of joy. I get that. Um, and, and we battle with that. I want to I kind of talk about that battle for our joy and what the Bible says about how we can win that victory or how we can combat that. And so, uh, but there is a difference. Let me, let me sort of, I, I need to do a review a little bit because so many of these are important. There's a difference between joy and happiness. And I think sometimes we use those words interchangeably, but they are not the same thing. Joy is not the same thing as happiness. And so happiness um, is, is a feeling. Joy is not a feeling. And so we need to make sure that we have that because you could be like, man, I'm really down today. Well, you can still have joy of what the Bible says of that and, and still have a bad day. We, we explained all that last week. But happiness is a feeling. It's, it, it comes and goes. It's based on circumstances. Um, and so happiness changes. Let me give you an illustration. This is something you might understand and, and relate to. For you wives, your husband comes home and says, honey, I've got good news. I don't want you making dinner tonight. Just put everything away. I'm taking the family out. You get to rest. And, and I mean, your whole attitude changes. This is awesome. I, I wasn't in the mood to cook. I, did, I didn't have everything that I needed. I'm tired from working all day. And that's great. And then he, the, you know, then he pulls out his cell phone and goes, oh, man, I... I, I I, I, didn't, I forgot all about the restaurants being closed because of the coronavirus. We're going to have to stay home and, and eat and find something here. And for, for the wife, her, her, her uh, happiness goes from up here and just drops off. Why? The circumstances changed. That feeling is gone. It's no longer, yay, I get to a break. It, now it's just frustrating. It's all different. So happiness comes and goes. It, 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 can, it can leave us at any time. It's based on outside things. The weather, the sunshine, the birds chirping, you know, anything like that. Uh, but happiness is a feeling that comes and goes according to our circumstances. But, the, but joy is cheerfulness. It's a calm delight. It's gladness. Let, let me put it like this. Joy is about the inner man. And that is why this is so important for us to understand that joy is what's happening on the inside. It's a, it's a calmness that God has. In, it's, it's a delight that you know. I, I, I've been in situations like this where I've been with people that have lost their spouse. And that's terrible. I, I can't even fathom what that would be like. But all of a sudden, they're sitting there with this calm assurance, knowing that they're in heaven. Knowing this confidence, knowing that they'll see them again. Now, they're not smiling and clapping and stuff, but they have this calm assurance inside of them. That is what joy is, knowing that things are going to be okay. Inner calm comes from God and only God. And you say, how is that? Because if happiness is based on circumstances and those come and go and change, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if our confidence and our joy is based on Jesus Christ, we can have constant joy because he doesn't change he is solid. He is stable. And so I gave you this image last week of you standing between your problem and Jesus. Okay, in every single day, we've got to understand that this is all of us. You are there in your problem, okay? Just like Paul was writing this and he was writing from jail. And this is just talking about the word rejoice means what you lean towards. That's what that root word means. Rejoicing or having joy in something Literally means which way are you going to lean? So every single day, joy is a choice according to how it affects your mind, according to what you lean in. 
Now, you think about this, and we, we kind of talked about this, about what we put our mind in. Like if you lean into your problem, if you're just leaning in circumstances, man, it gets you down. You get distracted in life. You're frustrated. I did this the other day. I was watching on my phone. It was Mike DeWine. He was given the COVID-19 daily update that he does and talking through things. But I made a big mistake. I had all the comments from the Facebook Live strolling. And everybody was being negative and critical, and they were just venting, and they were upset. And I'm, I'm, here's, here's me. I'm, I'm looking down at that, and I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, man, I'm just getting irritated at people, getting irritated at the circumstance. I'm just irritated. I'm just frustrated at what everybody was said. Then all of a sudden, I noticed there was a feature with the Facebook comments. I could swipe to the right, and they're gone. And all of a sudden, I could just focus on what the reality was rather than all the negative. And that's a choice that we have. It's the same thing that we use the illustration of a baby when, when you have a child or an infant and, and they lean into you. They're still sick. They have a bellyache or whatever. And you, they find that comfort inside of you. They lean into you. Their circumstance is still the same, but they find comfort in someone that loves them, cares for them, draws their attention on the love of that person the same way that we do with God. Joy is a choice, but the definition of joy is what we lean into but also the Bible talks about that action, rejoicing is choosing to focus on God's goodness. That word rejoice means that. It means an awareness of God's favor or joy. It means that I'm going to choose to think about it. it, it you you got to think uh, of how we do this in a realistic way. You're driving down, down the road and you're turning on the radio and all of a sudden your mind begins. You begin to re- repeat those words that are being sung on the thing. Your mind begins to gravitate about the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. You read your devotions. You tune into things like this right now. All of a sudden you're making a choice to put your mind, your focus, your ears, your heart on the things of God. That's what we're doing. Rejoicing in the Lord always, in this passage right here, in every situation means that you decide to lean on the promises of God. It's a choice. It brings inner calm. It brings peace. It brings joy. It brings that that satisfaction that only God can give on the inside. Now, when Jesus was teaching, one of the, the, the stories that he gave was about the building a house upon the sand or building a house upon the rock. You think about how that even applies about what you lean on. Well, if you build it upon the sand, let's just say the sand is changing, like happiness, like circumstances. When the storm came, what did the Bible describe or Jesus say that happened? It fell apart because it shifted. There was nothing stable. But Jesus gave the same illustration. He said, if you build your house upon the word of God, these principles, you build it upon your relationship with Jesus Christ, the storms are going to come. COVID-19 is a storm. Okay, and whether or not you're shook knowing in the inside things are going to be okay it depends on whether you're basing it on circumstances or on what you know of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says in Matthew 7, 25, and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. Opposition, conflict, issues, negativity, all those things came upon it and it fell not. Didn't fall apart. Think about that if that was you as a person emotionally, you're not falling apart. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. It was founded upon Jesus Christ. You're leaning on something stronger than you, and it gives you satisfaction that you're not falling apart in this. Now, I'm going to tell you, everybody wants this inner calm. Everybody does. You want to feel that things are going to be okay. 
you don't want to feel like things are out of control, like they're going to fold at any time. So the big question is this. If you can have this joy or that inner calm, why don't we? Why isn't that Christians are thriving all the time? Think about it. If this, if this is what the Bible says, and we're reading this, rejoice in the Lord, Philippians 4.14, 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, and Paul was writing this. If he's saying this, then why don't we have this? Because there's a spiritual war. It's, it's literally that picture we're talking about. You're either going to lean one way or the other. It, there's a spiritual war attacking us for our hearts and our minds it, because our joy is under attack. That's why the Bible talks about taking the full armor of God and protecting ourselves with these things. So let's talk about protecting our joy. We're, we're staying right here in Philippians chapter 4. We're doing this. So let's jump down. We, we read these first verses. Let's go to verse 6 now. Okay, we'll pick up on this. Be careful for nothing. Now, in and of itself, right there, that says like, oh, okay, I've heard this mentioned in different ways. And the word careful can be interpreted anxious. And I know that's the definition. We'll explain that here in a minute. But it goes a lot deeper than that. This is, this, we're talking about protecting our joy in this passage or what he's explaining, to be careful. Now, this is the definition of careful. It means to be anxious about, to be careful, or to take thought now, you've got to understand the reason that the word careful is used there and not just anxious is because it means so many things. There's a broad term for what it's talking about here. It, it does mean to be anxious about, but it also means to take thought. The word anxious means to be, experience worry or be at unease or nervousness. That's the result of it, that, 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 that you get in and you just say, man, I just don't know if things are going to be okay. Man, I don't know if this is going to pan out. Man, if things don't change soon, all right, we won't even have an economy in our nation. We won't have a future. We, we won't be able to recover from this. It, and so it works us up. We feel uneasy. There's no settlement. There's no joy. There's anxiousness or uneasiness. We understand that a lot, okay, that, that we, we get that. But then it also means to take thought. Think about that. It means to take thought. It means that you take your mind and you put it on something. That, that's what it's saying there. And, and think about how we use the word careful in our everyday lives when it comes to this. I tell my kids all the time, Jordan and Logan both drive. When they're leaving the house, I say the same thing to them. I love you. Be careful. Think about what you're saying with that. Are, are you saying be cautious? And, and I thought about that because it's not saying be cautious for everything or nothing, but I'm telling my kids something deeper than that. I didn't even realize that until I studied this all. It, it, what I'm telling my kids through this is to take great thought for what they're doing. Because sometimes we can get so wrapped up in driving that we're driving around and all of a sudden we get distracted. And all of a sudden we're in an accident. We pull out in front of a car too fast. We're not looking at the lights. We don't read the signs. We get in trouble. Because we're taking, because of the lack of thought. We're not thinking about it. This is, it's being constantly aware of something is what it's talking about. And so accidents happen when you're like that. But Philippians 4, 6, think about that in context. Be careful for nothing. And this is what it's saying for nothing. Don't let your mind think about everything. Don't let your mind think about all these things. Don't let your mind be consumed and that's what it is to be thoughtful of these things. Don't let your 
Let your thoughts be on the cares or careful or full of care of this world. Because your mind's going to be on these things all the day and, and, and all day long. And Satan through TV, cell phones, iPads, information, laptops, news, media, radio is grabbing your attention constantly and making your mind go to another place all the time. It, it, it makes us uneasy. It consumes our thoughts. And the root word of careful means through the idea of being distracted. Your thoughts of being thoughtful of something pulls your mind to think or be consumed about it. That's what it's talking about, to be distracted. Why does Satan use the idea or the tool to distract us? Because he can't take your joy. Because your joy is founded in Christ. He can't take Jesus Christ away from you. If you're a believer and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he is with you. He won't leave you. He's constant in you. But the thing is, he tries to distract you to put your mind on something else is what he does. So the Bible is telling us here to be, uh, to be uh, careful for nothing or don't let your mind be consumed with, with these things is what it was saying here. And I thought about this. Have you, have you ever gone on a trip on vacation? You're planning it up. The whole point of the vacation is spend time with your kids, laugh in the car, drive down to Florida, wherever you're going. And then you're driving and a light comes on your car. You know, like it, it could be as simple as that. It's just telling you to check your oil, but it's something's wrong there. And then your mind is no longer thinking about your family and the kids and the fun. Your mind is thinking, I wonder what's wrong. Did I hear something? Man, I wonder, wonder what's going on. I wonder if we're going to break down. I wonder, oh man, this, this would stink. I wonder if we have the money to fix things. I wonder if it's that thing that they, and, and your mind just goes all over the place. And all of a sudden, you're not even thinking about your wife, your kids, the fun, what they're saying, the conversation. Your mind has drifted right to that. And that's what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is saying, don't allow your mind to be consumed with the problems. Satan is very good at doing this. Let's keep reading. Be careful for nothing. Don't let your mind be consumed about the things of this world. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In every problem, in everything, he's telling you this is how you deal with it. This is how you have to deal with the distractions of your mind. And I'm telling you, we all have distractions in our minds right now that pull us right away from our joy in Christ and put it smack in the middle of everything that we're dealing with. COVID-19, the coronavirus, is a perfect illustration of this. So let me put it like this. It says, this is how you do it. Let your requests be known unto God. That's the tool that he's saying to this. But let me put it like this. Let me read another verse. That when you read this, you go, oh, that's what that means. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care. It's the same word. Casting all your distractions is what it's saying. Casting all of your thoughts, all the cares that you're full of. Casting all your care, all your distractions upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. You're, you're, you're placing it on Jesus Christ. You're putting it on there. So, so this is how you do this. And I told you last week, I, w- I want to I give you some, some things to apply to live this out. This is what we're going to do to protect our joy. 
This is what we're going to do to protect our mind. This is how we're going to be careful for nothing or be consumed with our thoughts about these things. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in prayer. Now, I I know what you're thinking because I thought the same thing. I'm thinking the point of this cannot be simply just pray. Because, I mean, I think we use that so cliche that we just say just pray about it. But it, and all of a sudden, everything's going to be fixed or everything's going to go away. And you're thinking, that's not going to restore my joy, me just talking to God for a minute. But let me explain this. What are we praying about? It says in everything. In COVID-19, in waking up and your child being sick, getting the news that you, you, you're not going to get the full refund that you thought of. You're not getting the full stimulus check that you thought you were going to get. All these things every single day. It doesn't just say in the big problems, the Bible tells us to be conscious of God in everything. This is why the Bible talks about to pray without ceasing. We are literally talking about rejoicing the Lord or leaning on God in everything that I face. From the time you get out of bed and you check your phone and then start get a message from work saying it's going to maybe be two more weeks before you do that. See, prayer is simply just having a conversation with God. The Bible is telling us if you want to counter what's robbing your joy or attacking your joy, you've got to learn to put your attention on God or or talk to God. And so all of a sudden you have to do this and you begin to make a constant conversation with God throughout your day about everything. Everything that starts to distract you of the news comes on and you start thinking stuff, you stop right there and go, wait a minute. God, I don't... I don't know if I could handle this today. And I am not equipped. God, I'm frustrated. I'm tired. And all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're casting your care upon them. You're throwing it. Have you ever had a friend that you sit there and they start asking you and they're prodding you and just say, hey, what's wrong? You're not yourself. What's going on in there? Oh, nothing. It was just, well, it was this. And then all of a sudden, you begin to open up and saying, well, it started and this frustrated me. Before long, you've just completely opened up and dumped on them all this stuff. You walk away and you say, man, thank you so much for talking to me. You have no idea what that did. And they're sitting there thinking, I did nothing. I I didn't do a stinking thing to fix your problem. But all of a sudden, you got it off your heart and your mind and you put it on somebody else and they carry that burden. And all of a sudden, that is what this does. There's an amazing thing happens that when we pour our hearts out to God, We weep, we cry, we mumble, and God hears everything. God says, just give it to me. Think about God when he says, I care for you. Give it to me. What are you thinking about right now? What's distracting you right now? What's heavy on your heart? But we almost think that we have to save it up for a prayer time. You know, it's like, well, tonight before I go to bed or when I wake up in the morning as I'm driving, God says, no, in everything, in prayer, this is how you deal with it. This is how you, you're not distracted in life and pulling away from your joy in everything. God says, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. It's just like a parent walking around with their kid and their kid keeps getting frustrated and say, come here, just tell me what's going on. What's upsetting you? What are you dealing with? Just talk to me, talk to me. It's what God's saying here. And this will make sense here in a minute of why this makes a difference because it comes up. He says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now, this is cool because he's going to take it to another level. This is how we're, we're defending our joy, okay? By praying, telling God everything all through our day, constant conversation. But a supplication means this. It means to beg to make a petition 
or make a request. Now, this goes deeper than just a conversation, okay? It, 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 the, the root word of this, uh, of supplication, it means this. It means to question. It means to have a request or a favor. It, it means to search for something that is hidden, to learn or to have understanding. Now, all of a sudden, you're, you're going through life and something comes in your mind and news, people report, text, whatever you, you start have, talking about God about it. He said, I, do, I don't want you just talking to me. He says, I want you to ask me the hard questions. That's what God's saying with this. I want you to ask me the hard questions because they're going through your mind and you're not going to make sense. That's what it's a, a supplication is deeper than just talking to God. You can talk to God, but let's be real. If things don't add up in your mind, you're almost like still frustrated. You're still uneasy. Like, I don't, I don't know how this is ever going to work out. And God, I know you love me, and you're not saying this. You're keeping it to yourself, and you hold these things back. See, God is inviting us to be honest with him. And I'll ask you, when is the last time you've been really honest with God? God, this, God, this makes no sense to me. God, I, I, why would you allow this? God, why would you do this? God, why would you do this to my kids? Why would you allow this to my family? Why would you allow me to struggle? You know, God, how can good come from this? Because it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense, God. See, word that it says casting your care upon him, that, that word literally means throwing it on him. Have, have you ever done that where you're just so frustrated with something? Just say, why? That's the way it's just say, man, I don't, I, I don't want this, God. And you're just, you're being honest. It's no longer just a conversation of you just talking to him about it. It's going deeper to them. See, what you're doing right now, just like when you have a friend and, and you're frustrated and you start having that conversation, you get to a level in that conversation, you say, no, I need to know something. Why in the world did you say that the other day? Why'd you word it like that? What did, what did you mean when you said what, what, whatever it was? What, what was it that was going, why? I need to know because I'm so unsettled that I don't have joy right now because it's been robbed because of this. And God's saying, don't take it there. Put it on me, cast it on me. Not just the conversation, but the supplication or to ask of me, ask me the hidden things, inquire of me. I'm asking you even this week, have you, have you done that with God? Have you asked God these things? Here's the third thing. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. We, with thanksgiving, this is we list the good things in our life. That's what thanksgiving is. We list the good things in our life. The word thanksgiving means gratitude or a grateful language to God or thankfulness or giving of thanks. Remember, we're fighting distractions in the middle of this. God says, this is how you're going to counter. This is how you're going to guard your joy and your life. It's how you're going to keep your attention on God. Number one, you talk to God. You ask him the hard questions. You're honest. Here's the third thing. This is what God's saying. God is saying, what I want you to do is I want you to do this with thanksgiving. I want you to start thinking about the good or the things that you're grateful for. Man, this is a powerful tool. God did this with me even this week. This is the first year in 20 years that I've been at Fellowship Baptist Church that we're not doing a drama. It used to be Christmas and now it's Easter. First year 
And if anybody knows me, you guys know how much I love this. I love the nights. I love the practices. I love the message. I love the mission. And man, I start, God, what are you doing through this? God, I don't get this. This doesn't make sense. God, so many people are reached through this. So our, our church is so encouraged. And God, right now, if I'm being honest with you, there are people out there that have already said that they would come. And this could be the year, the moment that they accept you. God, this makes no sense. Then God starts bringing to my mind as I'm praying just the things that are going on. And I started thinking about God and says, well, I am thankful that during this time, we live in a day and age that we have Facebook because we can connect. God, I'm thankful that we can still connect with people during this time. Man, I'm, I'm glad we're connecting to people that we've never even met. God, wow, I didn't think that. But man, that is it's so cool how we're doing things that we've never been able to do before. God, we had over 3,000 people tune in and watch the message even last week. God, thank you for that. Because that is that's way more than we have on a normal Sunday that are here and that's here on the God. God, thank you for the, even though we're in the middle of this, that you're doing this. God, thank you last Sunday. Listen to this. Last Sunday, six people put and clicked on there that they accepted Jesus Christ during the service last week. Six people. Man, thank you, God, that you allowed six people through the course of this. God, there's two people that in the last couple of weeks that have reached out to us asking us about getting baptized and take the next step that God's been working in their life. During this time, we had the basement flooded at the church. And if we would have been going into Easter, we would not even have our basement right now. But God allowed it to happen at this time that we can get it fixed and everything put back together. Wow, God did this during this time. During this time, we've been able to reach out to our community in a way that we've never done before, in ways that we could have never even set up of ourselves. Say, how is that possible? You know what, I, what happened? When you start taking your eyes off their circumstances, you start talking to God and asking God the questions, and you do that with thanksgiving, you begin to realize that God has been so, so, so good. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. You go from asking the hard question of why to all of a sudden your mind saying, God, thank you in a weird way that I would have never chose this, but you did. And the things you're doing through this, God, is blowing my mind and I thank you for it. And all of a sudden, the next day, you look at life differently because you did it with Thanksgiving and you begin to see all the good that is God is doing through this. So all of a sudden, we realize that God says, here's, here's how you're anxious for nothing. This is how to eliminate the anxiousness, the uneasiness in your life, the thoughts that consume you, the distractions that you come. You, you, you talk to God, you're honest with him, you give thanksgiving, but this is what God does. This is how God protects your joy. Listen to what God said. Now I'm going to step in. God says, you do that, I'm going to do something for you. Verse 7, in the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. This is what God gives us. Did you notice that the Bible says that he keeps your heart and mind and gives you peace? It does not say that he changes your circumstance. It does not say that he gives you answers for every single thing that it does. It doesn't say any of that. God says what he does is he gives you peace. See, peace is a quietness, a rest, or to set at one again. God calms the inner man. God brings joy. Even though the storm is raging on the outside, you're on that rock. And what God does, God, and what it says through Jesus Christ, it's something that only God can do. He reaches into the heart of man and he calms it. 
You say, that makes no sense. I'm glad you look at it this way. Here, here's what God says. He quiets your hearts and minds and gives peace. And you say, this doesn't make any sense. See, it's the presence of the creator doing something that you could never do. God that is greater than circumstances, greater than the storm, greater than anything that's in humanity whatsoever that goes at us. God reaches in his divine power, reaches into your heart and your mind. You think about it, your heart is your emotions raging, scared. I'm breaking down. I'm crying all the time. I'm upset. I'm fearful. God reaches in and calms your emotions. That's what he does. He gives you peace. Notice what it says, your heart and your mind. Now you're talking to God and you're thinking, man, this isn't going to do a thing. I'm talking to God. I pray all the time. God in that conversation, in the hand of God, in the peace of God, reaches down and he calms your thoughts. All of a sudden, he just reaches down inside of your life and he begins to comfort you and he begins to guard and do things that you could not do for yourself. You say, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It reminds me of a little kid that is distraught, broken down, crying, runs up to their mother, embraces them, and then they're crying and weeping. They begin to say that they stubbed their toe when they fell down and their toy was taken and all these different things. They're having this emotional breakdown. This child is having an emotional break. And mom stoops down grabs the child, listens to everything that they have to say, wipes away their tears, casting their care on their mother. Why? Because she cares for you. You talk to her. Why did he take my toy? Why is this happening right here? And God begins in that, that, through that illustration, or the mom begins then just to kiss, cuddle, hold, comfort. And all of a sudden, just like that, that little kiss on the cheek of that, for that child they go away laughing and smiling. You say, what changed? Nothing changed. They rejoiced in their mother. They leaned into their mother. They, they, they found that there was a peace that only mom could bring because they found the source of peace in their mother. Nobody else around could possibly do that, but they find that calm assurance in their mom that they cast a care upon them and no one else could do that. Let me tell you right now, no friend, no drug, no person, no news, no politician could ever give you peace like the one that cares for you, that one that calms you, the one that reaches into your heart, mind, your emotions and your thinking. Only God can. God not only gives you peace, but the second thing he says, he protects your heart. Because I'm not just saying that God calms you. But when you have that relationship and you're doing this, the result that God keeps your heart and mind, that word keep means to guard or protect. God puts this guard around you doing this. And all of a sudden, I, I, I envision it like a, like a water off a duck's back. You know, you know, we say that, that God created them in such a way that it gets on there and just runs off. I think God in our hearts and our minds we can sit there and somebody comes up and says, well, I don't even know if the economy is going to make it through. And just say, oh, well, I don't know. I guess that's in God's hand. And you're saying, well, what's wrong with you? I, 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 can't, I can't explain it. And remember, it, the Bible says that it passes your understanding. It passes your understanding because God goes past your understanding. The hand of God reaches past what you think or what makes sense. And he reaches into your heart and your mind. God calms it with the mighty hand of God, just like he did on the sea when the disciples were out there and he stood up and he said, peace, be still. He said, how did you do that? Because he is God, that's how he does it. God is not limited. God is not restricted. God is not held back. He's God. 
And God said, if you come to me in prayer, you come to me, you talk to me, you ask me the hard questions and things, you might not even have the answer, but I'll tell you what God does give. He might not give you the answer of why, but he gives you peace to know that it's okay. That's what God promised that he would do when we do these things. He responds in peace. He responds by guarding your heart. And all of a sudden, when you have a day where you're talking to God about everything, you have the hard questions that you ask God and you give God thanks and God gives you in return, he gives you peace and he gives you that protection in your heart and mind. You'll go to bed differently. There's going to be a joy inside of you thinking, man, I don't, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I know that I have God and it's going to be okay. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. That's what's so awesome on it. It goes beyond your understanding. So if you say, I don't understand how this can possibly, I don't understand, I don't understand, that wall that you do, God breaks through that wall and reaches into a place in your life that understanding, that your understanding try to block out. This is what God was promising to give us joy. So you can, but you have to put these things into practice. Tomorrow morning, tonight, whenever it is, you begin to talk to God, ask him the hard questions. You begin to thank him for all these things. And God begins to do things in your life that you couldn't do for yourself.